Three shots, four part, I just do two, one pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo, new driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you finna do? Think I'll try to get on into, start right, good line, good view, it drew, shoot him, make Gavin, two thumbs up, high and two fingers. On the Screws Podcast presented by Manscaped. April is National Testicular Cancer Awareness Month, and we have partnered with Manscaped, as usual. To help spread the word, visit manscaped.com forward slash TCS to learn more about simple self-checks and cancer prevention and share to help save a life. Get 20% off using the code OTSGOLF, completely unchanged, at manscaped.com. And while you're checking out, make a donation if you can um, to the Testicular Cancer Society at TC Society over on Instagram. Um, Hashtag shave to save if you're posting anything on social media. if you just kind of want to learn, bring some more awareness or kind of learn about how to do self-checks, you can do that here or at the link below in the description. Please do so, Bryce. What's going on? Nothing. Uh, shave yesterday, did my unibrow, got <laughs> merch in, nice. feeling fresh, so like ready to go. I uh, I need a haircut desperately. Uh, not that that, well, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I could use my 4.0 on that. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I trim up the beard. It's it's getting a little long. I don't know. I think I got to change that now. Maybe go mustache. I use it I like know. I use it like first stage. Like I get like the long stuff off. Yeah, and then I go with like the normal razor. You Works it, pretty good. You give it a rinse, or yeah. So um, this week on the pod we have Jacqueline Lee. So I'm just gonna take a minute. Little apology from Mac here. Our my audio actually my mic. Um, so we don't hear it all the time in real time. But my mic was. Uh, it was going to Mike Heaven. It was on its way to Mike Heaven. And um, yeah. hopefully you can hear me right now. And I, I think I sound good. I got some new headphones. We got a new mic. Got a little sticker on here too. Just hey, like you're blazer. looking good. Oh, yeah. Hopefully you're sounding good. I hope so. I hope so. We will uh, give this a listen. So um, it was just like a little bit of popping. We heard it last week in the episode with uh, the Still Way podcast, Carrie Moffitt. Um, so we have Jacqueline Lee on. Um, she was a great great guest really good uh but when you hear me talking sometimes there's gonna be a little popping as uh my mic was on its way out hopefully you can uh suffer through it for the uh for the boys here we'd appreciate that and uh yeah great episode with uh with Jacqueline coming up but yeah I thought we'd um we'd fire on here Bryce and talk a little bit about our our golf games we've been able to play (laughs) and we were just talking about how we both have like an inch and a half of snow on the ground right now yeah I was out this morning uh played 12 holes with a couple of buddies uh chef Mike uh golf with Greg um if you're in the area you might know him he does like giveaway posts and stuff which is cool and uh a gentleman named Corey really good guy we had a good time um yeah we were kind of talking to Bryce like I haven't kept score yet and you were like oh I started and I'll keep score to the day I die kind of thing so, yeah I will never play golf without keeping score what, when you, you say what you you went low though you well you went I mean like 75 70 not low I but shot like, 76 yeah. but I didn't play well i don't think i mean my my game has switched this year i guess like my irons yeah, are horrible yeah. my driver's not like standard down the middle which is great fantastic but i'm a putter now i was just rolling the rock yeah so i mean we're turning over new leaf this year uh breaking 70 hopefully if i can putt i don't know my chipping is horrendous though so i gotta work on that it's hard to say though like my course is uh Port Hope Golf and Country Club is right on the right on the lake here, Lake Ontario. One of six courses that are set on the lake. And like today, today I hit um 
Like I'm no Mac voucher, but I hit like a 50, 40 to 50 yard sling. I, I like an actual 40, 50 yard sling in the, in the wind today. Um, and like, it was all right. I made a, actually made a par out of it, I think. And, but it was just like tough, man. Like the ball was rolling. Like when you put the ball down, you'd mark it and the ball would roll away. Like the wind was uh-huh. that strong. Like, so, um, I was saying like the ninth hole and 10th hole, they're kind of like, you know, parallel to one another, uh, yeah. similar distance. I think they're both about 340 or something like that, 330. So on the, uh, I hit like a 240 yard drive into the wind on the one and I like, yeah, I hit it. Okay. Like maybe it was even a little bit less. Um, I might've had 120 in, so it might've been like, I don't know, two, two thirty something like that. I don't know. So, um, I ended up making a five there, three putted on that, on that hole. Like, mm-hmm. which if you play Port Hope, you know, the three putts, like there's a lot of them. They're the hardest greens in the area. There's no greens harder in Southern Ontario. Maybe, um, Jeff, the super there does a great, great job. Get on the tenth hole and there's like a bunker right in front of the green and then a bunker just left and there's, I mean, you're right downwind. Yeah. Yeah. And I roasted it. I was like nice. 25 feet from the, from the hole. So also made par <laughs> also three putted that one, but it's like, I was standing over the ball and I'm like looking like where the pin in is. And I was like, guys, I'm either like still on this ledge, six feet short, seven feet short with like a lot of movement or I'm 10 feet past the hole. And a lot of the putts mm-hmm. are like that. And my first year there playing like consistently. So I got to, uh, like gotta you really have to dial in your wedge shot. So you got to know where to hit the ball. Exactly. You got to be yeah. below it all yeah. the time. So like, you know, chef and Greg were 40, 50 yards short or something like that. And like they, I think they both made pars, but like it was almost, it would almost be easier pitching a ball to keep it like not easier than putting from 25 feet, but like you're guaranteed a par from there. But hopefully but uh yeah it was just like it's easier to get below the hole there i think so things to learn which is a good course management but i was saying like i I don't know i haven't like kept score i had six or seven pars in a row the other day which was pretty nice but like i'll fire a couple double bogeys off the start and stuff like it's uh it's it's tough there's a lot of wind there right now and and i just find like I don't know. I like to go out there and just like get creative, especially in the wind. I like to get creative. Played with yeah. six clubs today. Six. Um, yeah. What do I have? A three iron, five iron, seven iron, 52, 60. And a, and a driver and putter. I don't know. Yeah. Seven clubs. My round, I don't know. My round was okay. I mean, I was happy with it. Like, it, yeah. like I said, it was so windy. Like, I was happy with it. I just, my chips are on the greens. It's not like I duffed. I duff one from like six yards and like doubled. I flared one way right from like 49 or something like that. And then I had two that were at like 110 that like I put within six feet and made birdies on them, which was fantastic, but two out of probably seven. So it's just like something I need to get better at. But um, you, other than that, you, you I had first there? hole. What? You played from the tips? Yeah, it's not that far though. Sixty-seven hundred or sixty-seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. No, how, how, so I'm looking at the scorecard you sent me. How do you not tell people that you started off the season with a birdie? Yeah, I was just gonna get into that. Okay, then, okay. Right. Yeah, I was just gonna. But sorry, the reason I don't really brag about it is because I went birdie double to start my season, and then back nine birdie double standard. But 
yeah no it was it was pretty good though like it looked like a pretty good round. i was happy with that round though it was tough conditions for sure it was real cold ball wasn't going anywhere but yeah um, i played all right i was happy just uh my wedge game frustrating we'll get you out the port hope it's um it's tough man because it's it's only <clears throat> I don't have the scorecard in front of me, but it's not much over 6,000 yards. Mm-hmm. might be 6,400, but like it's a shot maker's course. You cannot, um, you just, you just can't try to overpower it. It doesn't work. Right. So Dude, that's, so. that's not me. I am the guy to just overpower it. You know, I'm yeah. not really too creative. I don't really have that ability. I mean, I do in some, some cases, but most of the time I'm just hitting my little cut yeah. off yeah. the tee, my little cut off in the fairway and two oh, putting yeah. or four putting, you know? So we get to the fourth hole today. You're going to like this story, Bryce. We get to the fourth hole. It's five, I don't know, five and change downwind. I think uh-huh. I might drive about 300. Like I got a good poke and it was downwind. So I um, yeah. had like two, no, it can't be that far. So I only had 190 in or something, something like that. And I was in between clubs and I had a seven iron and a five iron. So obviously I split up the bag a little bit. I was walking today and I'm still, still trying to get in shape here. I'm a little, <laughs> so light bag today. And, uh, yeah, so I hit a seven. Iron. I was like, I get it there. I think, I don't know. Uh, you were what? Two ten? No, no, no. I was, I had under, I had one oh, down, downwind, downhill, probably playing like I, in my head, I was like, maybe it's playing 165, 170, which is, yeah. if I hit it, seven iron good i get it 170 like you yeah you know i've talked about my clubs before they're like strictions a tour issue model their pitching wedge is like 46 eight degrees man 47 i think yeah 47 might be 47 and a half um they're all anyway so like some people are in 42 degree pitching wedge so that's just the idea is like the clubs are kind of dialed back at least typically one from most models right you're playing clubs from a few years ago so yours might not be um but mine, my pitching wedge is 46 yeah i think mine's 47 and a half and uh but i like it like i like the set it's just you're naturally going to lose some yards in comparison to like a newer model like bryson's pitching wedge yeah. is like i don't know 30 degrees or something stupid yeah it's so, ridiculous yeah but um so anyway, I, uh, yeah, I put it in the drink. Like I, I got it wet on the way in. Uh-huh. And, um, so I talked Corey who was playing with us. I talked him into going for it in two. And so the pin was in the front, right? This green is absolutely not receptive at all, but 46, you, you're pitching. Right? No, it's uh 47 and a half. It's they're bent afterwards. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. They're a little, no, no, no. They're a little off. I think the standard is 46. Yeah. Okay. So when you look at them, they're like, it's a lofty pitching wedge, uh, yeah. which is nice. Like I, I like the visual look, like the yeah, tricks on sports. So, um, but I like it cause the gapping is like pretty nice for me too. So yeah. I play the 50, like even when I had the 50 degree Vokies, I, I had it, I had 51, 54, 58 or something. I, I kind of like that setup, but <laughs> So I talk Corey into it, right? I talk him into like going for it and he hits a great Uh, shot. He hits it to probably, I don't know, 12 feet. And so he's got an eagle putt. Uh, He hits the ball a long way too. Uh, Good player. And I, so on the way down, I like take my drop or whatever. And then I hit it to like three feet, four feet. And I'm telling him about all the movement in the putts and I'm like going like match play kids. Right. I'm like, you know, right away. I'm like. I wish I could have hit a shot like as good as his approach shot. So I was just like, I'm going to get his head a little bit. And I'm telling him how much, <laughs> like, you know, I'm saying, like, if you miss it, like, you're going six feet coming back, right? 
What do you leave it four feet short? No. So he burns the edge and goes six feet past, seven feet past. Oh. And then uh, I was in his head coming back up. And so he makes par. He three putts for par, um, which was unfortunate. But uh, again, like Port Hope's greens are very tough. It's it's hard to like, it's hard to roll putts in. Um, you got to go play it if you haven't. Definitely go check it out. Uh, 25 minutes. Well, it's an hour east of Toronto. That's a good uh, yeah. good idea for people. But um, so I hit mine to like four feet or whatever. I don't know. Something like that. Maybe five. Maybe five. So I walk up to my putt. I put the ball down. As I'm getting up, I said, can you believe we have the same outcome on the hole? <laughs> and I like tapped the putt. Like I barely touched it and like, no, 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 walked it in. It was pretty funny. It was, uh, it was That's pretty funny. good. So that was like, why I'm telling that story is not to kind of like beat up Corey for making a three putt, but like to be getting up and down to save par early in the season. Like those are kind of the wins I'm trying to take right now. I don't yeah, really for know. Sure. I don't know if I'm trying to keep score. I'm putting up like, you know, like I said, I had, I think I had four or five birdie putts in a row the other day and didn't make any of them. Uh, no. Seven green yeah. regular. At least you're getting them though. You know, that's that's start. a thing. Like, and it's a nasty like putting surface. So the yeah. idea I don't right ag- now. I don't agree with you getting in Corey's kitchen this early, but that's between you and him. <laughs> well, he was me. playing a match with Greg, right? He was playing oh, a match okay. with Greg. Right. So I was just kind of like getting yeah. involved a little bit. Third so. party. Yeah. Just trying to like get involved it however I can. I'm pretty yeah. sure. So I went. I uh, like double off the start. Like I actually, yesterday I thought I made a hole in one brace and then I made a four. <laughs> I was by myself, but the good thing is like Port Hope starts off as a par three now, which is kind of unique. It's kind of strange actually, but hole it's like, one's a par three. Yeah. It used to be oh. hole number three and actually it used to be number five in the back. So they've had to restructure the course cause they're building. Well, they just right? read, they redid like a bunch of stuff there, didn't they? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's, um, it's a nice par three, but it's like, kind of unique in the sense, but anyway, I was thinking to myself, I couldn't see because it's so windy. As soon as you look up, it's like your eyes filled with water. Yeah. You're like, I'm crying right now. I can't see the ball, but like, I knew it was right at the pin and I could, I saw it land and then I, I it disappeared. And so the pin was at the back and it rolled off the back and I ended up like, I couldn't stop it on time. I ended up making a four. But yeah. at that time, I was like, imagine your like, heart probably sank. Yeah, imagine cool. like you start off your round with a hole in one. Like you yeah. have to play. You got to play the rest of the round out. I played like where the twelfth hole ends is kind of by the parking lot. So like sometimes I'll just duck out. Yeah. But you got to finish it to register that hole in one, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think I can handle Port Hope Greens. I grew up playing cherry, man. Those yeah, are the. I think you. I can. They're not bad anymore, but yeah. back in the day, man, those things were. You can Hard handle one. it. The course would beat you up a little bit, though, the first couple of times you play. It's yeah. just it's just a humbling course. Like the Players Tour, the Toronto Pro Tour was there last year. and Yeah, and you said they only shot like what, three was, under? Or no, there's one guy who was one under par. He was the only guy. There's only one player under par. I think it was Ryan Borg. Um, and nobody else was under par. So, like, you know, if they're playing like Watson's Glen, I think they had an event where they were like 12 yeah, crushing under and stuff. It, yeah. Like, just... Like, yeah, just putting up low numbers. So it doesn't, it's not a birdie course, right? Um, you take your birdies when you can get them, which is great. If you, if you get a birdie, that's awesome. But you're playing for par there. Like you yeah. really, you really are playing for pars. There's not many birdies out there. Yeah. And when you. But it's kind of similar to cherry though, too. I mean, it's yeah. hard to score a cherry. When you uh, think you have a birdie incoming, uh, you got a three pot, like sitting yeah. there waiting for you, right? So, yeah. but that's golf, man. That's fun. Like I really enjoyed it. Totally. It was, uh, it was pretty cool to, uh. 
I would encourage some people to knock down the bag a little bit. It's, it was fun. Like, give it a try yeah. if you're uh, if you're not like ser- too serious about your score. Like, I uh, didn't really change anything. I like, I was telling a uh, custom like Chris from Custom Clubs today that um, I only really noticed it on three shots, and I ended up taking the the higher lofted club, so like the lower number and uh, or yeah. well, higher number. Sorry. Um, and two out of three of them worked out well. That other one was where I came up short on the par five. Because mm-hmm. I didn't think like hitting a five iron, I didn't know if it would like receive at all. So, Man, it's so hard to play in the wind. Like it just screws with your mind so much, I feel like. Yeah. Well, me anyways. Like even on the tee with a driver in your hand and like the wind's right at you, it's like, it's so intimidating because you're just like, well, my ball's not going anywhere. So. Yeah. But uh, it's cool because we'll we'll try and get into a little bit more on course uh talk and stuff like that throughout the weeks but um yep we uh bryce we got to cut it we got an episode coming up here to record so yeah hopefully everybody's getting out enjoying the courses if you're in the port hope area give me a call or uh send a dm over at on the screws podcast or at ots golf over on instagram um if you're in michigan uh send us a message i'll get in touch with bryce and go and play around for sure you're keeping score though every hole always <laughs> every stroke i love it i love it but uh yeah i won't ever judge people though like i won't be sitting there counting someone else's score it's just no one that's the thing right like because i will because i like i'll have to register it if i want to play club c so i'll probably pick yeah. 20 days or so where i go out and i'm like okay i'm gonna bring all the clubs i'm gonna you know go out there and shoot a score today and i'll fire something but bryce just left so thanks everybody oh, right um, here i'm showing <laughs> look at this bryce. these are literally all my recent rounds all dated yeah i that's like the, how, i like the date the date is kind of good but uh, that's how much i care about my score if you're interested guys we had the merch thanks for everybody who's uh bryce wearing it right now he's got the khaki sweater on the uh yeah, the Hosel hoodie and the uh, snappy, snappy gilmer so i'm repping the pioneer one so thank you aj um but yeah uh keep in mind we um we've kept it pretty cheap you might run into some duty um we've had a few people run into that uh recently so we've tried to keep it as cheap as possible but um you might run into a little bit of that because sometimes they ship it from the states and we have no idea how to figure that out yet but uh yeah let's get into it with uh jacqueline lee jacqueline how are you fellow canadian how are you doing I am doing great, thank you. You know, um, on a bit of an off week right now, so I've had some time to re- recuperate before heading back out. So, what was the schedule? Uh, I guess we'll jump right into it. What was the schedule leading up to here? Um, we've only played, oh, man, it's all a blur. <laughs> um, I think that we played four events already. So we started out in Florida and Winter Haven, um, and that was kind of one off out on the East Coast, and then we did three events on the West. Um, we went to Mesa in Arizona, then Beaumont, California, and then back to Tucson, Arizona. Um, and then a couple week break and then head back down there to go to um, Utah and then Garden City is our next stretch. Nice, nice. Okay, so uh, Epson tour right now. So um, anybody, you know, listen to the pod knows it as the Symmetra tour. Um, Bryce is here as well, too. So if, uh, if we're checking out on audio, Bryce, how are you? I'm good. Good. Uh, Worked a long Monday today, just got home, but um, we'll got him home and uh, get a good chat in. We'll put this one uh, We'll put this one out probably on a Friday, Jacqueline. That's typically when we drop, but uh, yeah, we're on a Monday right now, so weekend off, which is kind of nice. Um, are you uh, Are you watching any golf right now? What do you What do you do in your downtime? Like, what's uh, What's up with Jacqueline when she's away from the course? Um, I like to read and nap. Honestly, napping is a big <laughs> one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm with you there. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and then i mean obviously this weekend i was watching the masters so i got pretty distracted with that nice um nice. that was a lot of fun to watch um but yeah just I just kind of chill i'm it really depends on what I'm in the mood for. I'm not always in the mood for Netflix, but I always have time for Netflix. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you guys can nap. I have a seven-month-old little guy, so uh, I'm not napping yeah. much yeah. anymore. So that, that life, <laughs> I don't is, get, life is gone. I don't get much time for naps, if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> so are, are you a Tiger fan? What drew you to the Masters this weekend? What was it? Um, yeah, Tiger fan. So I was excited to see him play and see how um, he looked out there. But I mean, it's just it's the Masters in general, yep. you know. Yeah, um, it's exciting to it's, it's exciting to see the world's best players uh, go out and compete. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, Minuli he was playing in the Masters for the first time, so that was really yep. cool. Yeah, he, um, he shot, Sunday he fired a third. He played well on the front. On the, on uh-huh. the front he did. Right? Yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah. Really well. so it was really fun to like watch his progress. Um, Go there, and then I mean to watch Scotty Shuffler play. Um, Dominate. Yeah, I mean I know that he probably didn't want to four putt the last hole, but I mean the fact that you can four putt. I know. Hole yeah. and still win three. Pretty, pretty amazing. Did you get? Did you get a chance to see Max Holmes tweet after? Me and Max kind of. I did. <laughs> so so I, yeah, I was just looking up. Laugh. I was looking up the stats like based on. Uh, so somebody's won four times on tour in a year one being a world golf championship, one being a major. Um, there's only two people to do it. Tiger Woods has done it eight or six nine times. times it, it was, yeah. It was like six or seven. Yeah. Pretty much 2004 to 2009, I think, or 2011. Yeah. So, um, but there was another one. So I had to grab this for you, Bryce masters winning score over under was 277.5. Scotty Shuffler, double bogeys, the 18th to finish 278. Ooh. So a lot of people <laughs> lost some money there. Yeah. So that was, uh, <laughs> it was, you know what though? He kind of said it afterwards. He didn't really feel any nerves until he walked up to the green. Right. So, and then they all yeah. just kind of hit him. So he was, well, that's what I said. I mean, we were watching it and uh, Shay was like, wow, like what's going on. I was like, you do not understand the nerves that guy's feeling right now. Like, right. Oh, and the thing is, you know, I think that people misunderstand that he's, I mean, he's won before, especially like this year. Right. And so people think that like, oh, like it's just another tournament. Like, why would he be nervous? Like he's got such a big lead, but like, this is the moment that every kid dreams of when they seem like, I want to play an LPG or sorry, on the PGA tour. They're like, I want to win the masters. And they're like, this is the putt to win the masters. Yeah, totally. And, and like, even though he had a bit of a, a grace in terms of how many putts he should have on the last hole. um, I mean, I think the nerves still come into play for sure. Totally. Still one yeah. field goal, which is pretty amazing. But um, yeah, like I, I saw that photo too floating around of him and t- like what, I guess he won a junior event on the same Sunday that Tiger won the '97 Masters. So he was oh, cool. ten years old, I think. So pretty, uh, wow. I, I guess, pretty cool event for him to be in. And obviously, he's on fire. Fifty days ago, he was not a PGA Tour champion, not a like right. he, he's won ninety plus events like through his amateur career and stuff like that. So obviously, he's no. No stranger to the winner's circle, but um, yeah, winning four events now within a uh, 50-day stretch, is, uh, it's almost unheard of. Jason Day did it one yeah. time, right? So it's um, it's pretty incredible. But uh, back to our guests here. We're in conversation with Jacqueline Lee, um, currently at Epson Tour. So Jacqueline, maybe we can start kind of with a little bit of uh, – we, we got off track early, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> easy, easy to talk off. I mean, maybe, an exciting weekend just happened, so fair def- enough. <laughs> definitely did, definitely did. But um, maybe we can talk about a little bit about uh, kind of you growing up, how you got into the game, kind of what you drew you to it. Yeah, um, my dad got me and my sister into the game. I have a sister, she's two years older. And so we're just a family of four. 
my dad thought that, you know, it's a good um, life skill to have. Um, just like being able to play golf, a lot of business deals are made on the golf course. So he kind of got us into it because of that. Um, and then thought that because we were a family of four, we'd be a natural force and to take this up as a family sport. So I started when I was 10, my sister was 12, um, and then started competing when I was 11. And quite honestly, like I disliked golf, um, when I first started it, I mean, like I was, I was 10 years old. We were, we were spending our summers in Kelowna. Like I'm, I'm a kid. I just want to go and play with my friends at the beach. Mm -hmm. And then my dad's on this golf kick and (laughs) wants to play golf like every day of the summer. Um, and like, it got to a point where we were playing 36 holes as well. Like we would have like the first Mm -hmm. tea time in the morning, um, and we would walk and then we'd go back, have lunch. And then we'd, we'd get to take a cart for like the second 18 in the afternoon. Um, so, I mean, I didn't love it that much, but I think that when we started to get into tournaments and compete, that's when I was like, Oh, like this is actually fun because before my dad would say, I want to go practice today. And in my head, I'm like, why do I want to go practice? Like, what's the point of just like (laughs) balls from the driving range? Um, but when it started to turn into competition, I was like, okay, like there's actually a purpose. We're trying to get better here. When, When was the first time you beat dad? Oh, honestly, I don't even know. Um, but that's a good question because me and my sister always thought that he was so good. Um, like when we went to go play like a part three golf course, mm-hmm. like nine holes and he'd shoot, I don't know, like 32 or 33. We'd be like, Oh my God, dad is so amazing. Like he's shooting 32, 33. I mean, it's a par 27. So like, right. honestly, like not that great. Um, uh, <laughs> we thought that he was Hey now, hey now, hey, 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 some, you know, some part three tracks are on the regular, right? Some part three tracks are a little tricky out there. They can, they can be tough. All right. Not as many strokes to make up in part threes as well. Bryce hits, Bryce carries the ball like three forty. So at least on some part fives, he can make. Oh yeah. No, these are, these are short part threes. Yeah. But that's where my game's terrible. A hundred and in, I'd shoot 47 on that part three course. (laughs) Oh man. But, uh, yeah, I guess you probably got him by your early teens, I would guess, right? So your yeah. sister, well, she played honest- Yeah, and well, my parents honestly stopped playing golf, like, I don't know, like in the early years of us competing, because I think that they just, so they started focusing on us, like taking us to tournaments and whatnot and just stopped playing golf as much. So just funny because he got us into the sport so that we could all play as a family. And then as soon as me and my sister got really into it, they were like, okay, like we're not going to play anymore. <laughs> Bryce, that um, just yeah. Like your, yeah, it sounds like uh, Bryce's <laughs> parents here. Like three of these guys all playing like high level hockey. Your dad probably got you into it to, you know, and your mom yeah. watch you play a little bit. And then every week, every day is just taken up by watching you guys play hockey all the time. Right. Yeah. So. Exactly. Kids take over your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, my sister, she plays too, or she did play. Um, she didn't go to um, the States for college. She, um, kind of knew that she didn't really want to pursue professional golf. Um, so she actually went to UBC Okanagan and played on the golf team there and actually won a national championship there. So, nice. I mean, like the running joke in the family is that she's won a national championship and like I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm looking at a couple of things here. Just uh, just grab these so you can correct me if any of them are wrong. So the WGCA second team All-American 2018. Was that while you mm-hmm. were at OSU? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then first team all Big Ten 2018. Yes. Nice. Okay. So can we talk about college golf a little bit? Can we get into that? Yeah, for sure. Um, really enjoyed college golf. Um, kind of just like I guess fast forward to the end in terms of I actually graduated. Uh, I 
I didn't graduate early. I graduated on time, but I left the golf team early because I got my LPGA tour card um, after going to Q school during senior year. Um, but college was fun. And I mean, I think that my freshman year, I struggled a little bit um, from my point of view. I didn't feel like I contributed to the team in a way that I would have wanted to. Um, I mean, like my scores are still counting, but I just wish I could have shot better and contributed in like a bigger way. Um, and so kind of was off to a bit of a slow start. Um, and even second year, I don't think I'd even won a tournament yet, um, but definitely was improving. I'm just playing better. And then junior year was definitely my breakout year um, where I won most of my events and and set some course records and stuff. So nice. um, yeah, that was a uh, junior year is probably my my best year. I mean, I loved, I loved all three years I spent on the golf team there. What's uh what's the low round right now? Um, at, uh, at Ohio state. Well, you had a couple course records. We, uh, I feel <laughs> like I, oh, okay. I feel like in I'm, general. Yeah. Like I'm on the, uh, yes. I have like that 18 birdies app. I have a 32, <laughs> I have a 32. I like the part, nine hole course here. That's like par 35. So mm-hmm. that's my course record um, right now. But, um, yeah, that's right. I have a course course record from like junior golf <laughs> like i think at silo golf and country club or something and i think i shot 67 but in college nice. i shot 64 69 64 um Oof. and at one point that i mean it's broken now but it was an ncaa record for um a three-day tournament wow so yeah that was that all was, in one tournament 64 yeah that was all Oof. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. low. I mean, 64 was my best score too, as well. So, like, that was unreal for me to go and have a personal best. What did you win? Um, by? 64. Um, I honestly can't remember. I I think because I there was some like up in the first round, I wasn't leading. I mean, I shot 64, but I was like, oh, like I mean, I'm probably like up there on the leaderboard, and I saw some girl shot 62, and it was a 63 Ooh. on the board. I was like, "Oh shoot!" Like, I'm not yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't even know how much I won by. I think it maybe by a few. Yeah, that's um, a low weekend but, though. You were dialed in. Yeah, yeah. It felt like I blacked out. Yeah. <laughs> so just before we move on from school, so this uh, Bryce, when did we, we were chatting with Paul Park uh, from G Pod? He plays on PGA Tour Latino America right now. Um, what it had to be two months ago, maybe. And, and Paul kind of said, um, obviously incredible golfer, uh, really beautiful swing. Great guy. Um, you know, he mentioned something about when he was away at school too, that he felt like he didn't contribute as much as, or as how he wanted to, as much as he wanted to. Yeah. And he attributed some of it to like, he didn't feel like he fit in. Like he was like a finance major. Um, he had like a lot of friends and stuff. He just didn't feel like he had it at that time. Like was, was there something about like the college life, like the balance, you know, your academics as well as playing on a, you know, a sports team mm-hmm. with that much demand. Like, do you, can, can you kind of explain, like, was there something that, you know, made it a little bit more difficult? Would you attribute it to anything? Um, yeah, no, honestly, for sure. Um, so my freshman year, I mean, I, I was already declared a finance major. I got, pre-accepted into the business school early um but for some reason because before I got into golf I wanted to be a doctor so I mean even in college like I was trying to take um courses for the pre-med route so in my head I was like oh like I can be a finance major and then for my I can do my prerequisites as my general elective courses and for some reason I thought that that would like be feasible um while being on the golf team right and I I think I was 
yeah, it was just, it was stressful. I mean, I did well in my classes, but I, I was pretty like sleep deprived mm-hmm. um, and just, and I mean, I was stressed out and I, I just think that, um, I just think I put a lot of pressure on myself because the more that you don't perform, you put more pressure and expectations on yourself. Um, and then obviously that, that, I mean, that doesn't help. It can't do you any good doing that. Um, so I think it was just like a combination of a lot of things and getting settled. Um, I felt like going into college, I actually had a good base of what it was like to need to time manage and kind of be, um, on the road, having to do homework and all that stuff, because I was on the Canadian national team, like the junior development team at that time. And every every month we had gone and done training camps that were like four or five days long so even in high school and stuff i was used to missing a lot of class um and having to be really proactive with my school work um and being able to get that down the road so i felt like i was prepared in that way but i think that i just had overloaded um in like my first year at college and just i don't know i think i i honestly put a lot of pressure on myself when that really wasn't the most helpful you were also still pretty young though and probably still had a lot to learn do you think mm-hmm. like your yeah, first no, and for second sure. years yeah 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 um and then I also was um overcoming like a risk injury um I attended itis I actually didn't play uh Canadian junior girls like the last year that I was eligible to play I withdrew like a couple weeks before that event because I already played a long stretch of events where my wrist felt like it was it was gonna fall off if I played another tournament and I knew I was going to college um like that that August so I made a decision to not play Canadian junior girls and I didn't touch a club for five weeks and I still had to sit out another week once I got to school so I missed the first event as well Mm. um so yeah just kind of a lot of things that just didn't really align for like a smooth start to school but I mean it just it just adversity makes you stronger yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you come out, you know, you get your, your LPGA card, like you mentioned, you leave a little bit early, right? So um, mm-hmm. that first year pro golf, you, you left, did you say like a half a semester? You took the final year off? Yeah, I so I took half, I, I left half a semester early. Okay. Um, okay. So I went to Q school um, August of my senior year because uh, I had to go through stage one and then stage two was in October um and the final stage was right after that which was a two-week deal um in like early november or whatever so i did miss a couple events in the fall season of senior year um and then around um early december is when i decided that i was going to turn pro and then miss it on my my spring season of, of senior year so you, like at, when you're at school they're okay with that like they're helping you kind of prep for that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I everyone was super supportive. My teammates, I felt like I was letting them down, and they were like, "Jacqueline, if we were in your shoes, like we would turn pro in a heartbeat." And like, you're crazy, like if you don't take this opportunity, like you worked so hard for me. Um, and even had meetings with um, our athletic director Gene Smith and our associate athletic director Dan Corin, who managed our golf team and they were both like yeah like you got to turn pro and they're like don't feel bad this happens all the time like it happens all the time in basketball and and mm-hmm. football i mean like less common in golf for sure but like i mean this is this is what we're prepping you for like if these are your your dreams like and you made it like this is what you got to do there's no sense in, in holding back 
That's awesome. That definitely had to have helped with the transition and kind of making things a little smoother. Like, like you said, you did kind of feel bad, but with all that support, it definitely probably helped your transition and get to that next level. For sure. For sure. It really did. Yeah. Bryce, I got a question for you. So Bryce has played, um, like in the Ontario hockey league, he's played high level hockey. Um, it's hung it up now. Um, but is it any different Bryce when you're playing, you know, like that's considered professional hockey at that stage. Is it any mm-hmm. different than playing, you know, college level or if you're playing like, uh, like in school? Well, not so much, um, with hockey, it's different because like the OHL is considered semi-pro, but it's kind of on the same level as college goal or college, um, hockey. Right. So it's a little different than golf because those athletes are on the same level. It's just considered school and pro it's kind of like you can go either way but it's considered the same amount but i or the same uh, level but i know exactly where she's coming from we're like kind of struggling the first couple years because i did the same thing i went away when i was 16 um struggled through um playing just because i was playing against guys so much older than me and i kind of related to you there because i knew exactly where you're coming from because it's hard and i had to do i was still in high school so i did balance that school hockey and and uh yeah, it was hard, but with a lot of support, you get through it and just kind of, you got to grind through it. Yeah. I guess like, I guess what I'm thinking is like, you know, you hear if you do the NCAA route, it, uh, mm-hmm. it makes it so you, you know, you can't become professional, a professional while you're playing. So Jacqueline, for you, that's like a big step in your career to, yeah. you know, you're foregoing your education at that point. You mm-hmm. can't go back. I assume, I don't know if the regulations are the same way for golf as it would be for hockey, but once you make that step, you can't go back. Um, yeah. So it's nice to have that like support system, I guess, is, is what I'm saying, making sure that, you know, people are looking out for you, helping you get there. Your parents were okay with it. They were supportive of, of you going through that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's the funny thing too, where like, if you had asked me in like 2014, 2015, if like, I thought that I was going to ever turn pro early, um, I would have been like, no, you're crazy. I'm not ready. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely wasn't that talented as a junior and amateur where I ever even thought about foregoing attending college um, and playing collegiate golf and going straight to professional level. I knew that my game um, had a lot to, of room to grow. Um, and I knew that for, spending four years at college would be very helpful mm-hmm. and kind of test the waters and see if I would really be ready um, to play on the LPGA. Um, and it kind of just happened like in, I guess, like a, I don't want to say perfect storm because it's not really a storm, but it just kind of happened the way it did. And I ended up getting my LPGA tour card early and ended up turning pro early, but I still graduated. So that was like the one thing, which I think that we were all on the same page about when I was talking to, um, Gene Smith and Dan Clorin and like my parents and stuff, um, was that I was always going to finish my education. I only had one class left because I really had stacked all my courses, um, kind of in my first few years, just trying to have like a, a chill senior year. Um, and yeah, I ended up only having one class. So I finished that online, uh, while I played my first half on LPGA. That, uh, doesn't sound like you at all. We've been on that call for, I don't know, 20 minutes here and it doesn't sound like you to kind of put all your classes all up front so you can try and, you know, <laughs> front load them and, and have a bit of an easier time at the end. But, uh, so that's, that's, yeah. that's 2019, right? 2019. Yes, 2019 was my rookie year. Okay, so any highlights, like anything, like I I was kind of looking through it a little bit earlier. Um, Any highlights from the season that kind of stuck out to you, like the first event where you starstruck at all, run into anybody, practice rounds, that kind of thing? Um, I remember, I mean, I'm not a person that 
get super starstruck, but I remember um, we started off the season in Australia and Christina Kim was like, hey, Jacqueline. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how does she know my name? Um, and so like kind of just like the little moments like that, um, kind of figuring out that all the veterans on tour are super nice. Like yeah. they're not there to intimidate you or like gatekeep any secrets. Like they're there to help. Um, and I think that realizing that early on um, as your rookie was really beneficial because I mean, there's rookies that really just kept to themselves and kept to the rookie class. Um, but I really liked hanging out with the older girls just because I feel like, I don't know, they just had so much like to, to offer. And like, they truly wanted you to have a good experience at on tour. Like they were so kind. And it was like, if you ever need anything, like just let me know. Um, it's no, never tr- any type of trouble. Um, and I got to, off to a good start in, in, um, in Australia, um, but then struggled a little bit in our first few events coming back to the states um for that part of the season um and what happened was i felt i struggled for a few events and then started playing good again um and then i got injured in may of my rookie season so that was kind of a a bit of a blow to the season <laughs> yeah i'm just that's kind of go, go ahead, ahead Bryce, go ahead no go ahead that's kind of cool just to hear about that because not a lot of people that like aren't involved really know um how friendly and how um kind of not so much i mean there are competition but everyone's kind of friendly to each other and cares about each other it's just not a lot of people hear about that side of kind of the tour and and how everyone's friends and and uh, hangs out with each other so it's kind of cool to hear that yeah that side of the story yeah it is really nice and i mean also my rookie year on tour there was i think maybe like five canadians on on tour Mm -hmm. so it was almost like a canadian contingency and like you knew that um Mm -hmm. like that they would do anything for you if you needed help and and so, yeah, no, it's, it's a really great environment out there. Well, and if, if you're watching the masters, uh, like we kind of started off the chat with the ANWA, I guess the national women's amateur, um, Anna, mm-hmm. da- Anna Davis one, which was pretty amazing youngest to ever do it. And like, right at the end, you see like her friends coming, like running over, like, mm-hmm. you know, she just beat one of them. Uh, Bryce and I were talking about remember HV three one a couple months ago. And like, what you didn't see <laughs> was like, he made a 92 foot Eagle putt to beat Bubba Watson. Um, so Bubba's probably standing off the green thinking he's either going to win or maybe a tie if he hits a good putt and he drops like a 90, it was 92 or 95 feet or something like that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, HV3, Harold Varner, the third and his caddy kind of run, they jump, they hug and everything like that. But what you don't see is like Bubba running onto the green. They're good buddies to like, you yep. know, Bubba's obviously mm-hmm. made a lot of money in his career and he's doing pretty well. So I don't think he was too upset by it, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know he was really genuinely happy. And, and I saw the same thing, like when Tiger was walking off the course, like Bubba was right in front of the, uh, the clubhouse and kind of stopped and like shook his hand and like, you know, it was so genuine. Right. So it's nice to see like that camaraderie between players and, and totally. we're like a, a, For you know, sure. all professionals, everybody's there to kind of win. But um, like, you see the same thing, like you saw, well, when Rory hit his uh, like crazy shot on 18 and, and Morikawa makes yeah. his and like yeah. Rory's like, you know, genuinely thrilled for the guy who's just, right. you know, um, that put all of my Corey Connors, my Will Zalatoris, both of those guys yeah, in the top five, the that window. knocked him out. So I had my <laughs> that was top cool. Five. Cause then more cow buried it and Rory did the same yeah. thing. Yeah. That's yeah really that awesome. was really cool. Yeah. Like I was thrilled because it was a great shot, but I saw my top five bets go to, yeah. go to number six, which was, uh, it was, it was a costly play. That was tough. <laughs> it was tough, but it was a really, really good sequence of events. So I was actually pretty happy with seeing that. But, um, 
anything else that kind of stands up from that first year of the LPGA? Like you went on to play again in 2022 as well. Uh, yeah. So 2020, uh, sorry, that 2020. was our, yeah, 2020, that was our COVID year. But at that point I had taken a medical, um, for my injury and in, that I sustained in 2019. Um, but because 2020 was a bit of a wash year, like I was still able to, uh, play tournaments on LPGA without it affecting my medical, um, because it was basically whoever wanted to play could play, right. um, but it wasn't going to count for any points for the season. Um, and then so 2021, I finally finished out my medical and I played LPGA for the first half of the season. I played about, I think 10 or 11, which looking like when I, when I was in the moment, I didn't realize I'd played that many LPGA events, uh, last year, but then looked I looked at the stats and I was like, oh, I actually played like a decent bit. Um, and then I finished the rest of my season on Symmetra Tour, which is now Lapsin. So one of the things, uh, one of the trends that Bryce and I find with, um, you know, we've chatted with a lot of guys who are up on PGA Tour Canada, down on PGA Tour Latino America, uh, Callum Davison, PGA Tour Canada Player of the Year a couple of weeks ago, uh, is the travel. Um, yeah. What, what did you think about the travel? How did you deal with it? Is it... Uh, that was one of the first things I think actually Rebecca Lee Bentham said that to me first was when you leave school, you're your own travel agent at that time. Right. So you, you, can, yeah. you get fed to the wolves, so to speak, you're, you're kind of into it. Did you find that to be, you obviously extremely organized. Did you find that to be an easy transition for you or something that was, uh, was difficult? Yeah, no, um, definitely different because like, like you said, we're not used to doing that as an amateur, like in college your mm -hmm. college coaches is organizing all that stuff for you. Um, and in the summertime, we had our, our head, uh, national team coach do that as well. So yeah, when you're in the pro-life, you do have to do that all by yourself. And it's not that it's difficult, but it just is, it's an energy vampire, you know, Agreed. like just to go. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. um, it's not just, it's not just getting like your airfare. You got to think about your accommodations and your rental car and all that stuff and trying to figure out, okay, well, when's the best time? Um, like we don't even know, like when we're finishing on Sunday. So then like, do I book on a Monday or do I try to find it like a really late night, um, mm -hmm. flight on Sunday. So there's a lot of considerations in terms of like planning, um, when you're trying to plan a season. Um, and my first year in LPG, I think it, everything was just so exciting. I, I was just so happy to, to be doing it. You know, I got to go. You to all didn't care about places. the travel. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think that in 2020, 2020 was a bit of a year for everyone you know like we're it's the pandemic and you're not really allowed to travel with anyone i mean you can but if you get covid then the person that you travel with also like cannot play the event right. so it was it was a year where a lot of people who really do stay with other people in housing or share cars and stuff we weren't doing that anymore and mm -hmm. even like dinner and stuff you had to get takeout and eat in your hotel room so that was it was a tough year. And I think that at that point, I was a little bit over the travel already, just because, right. I mean, you're traveling and seeing all these cool places, but, or like getting to go to these cool places, but can't actually like see cool places while you're there, right? Like you're really just confined to your hotel room when you go to the golf course and then um, eat. So I think that, I think that my honeymoon phase, like loving the tool was cut early with, uh, with COVID. Um, Sounds like a lot but, of hotel room yeah. putting practice, you know? Yes, for sure. Yeah. A lot of hotel room putting practice and Netflix and just like eating on your hotel bed. Because um, <laughs> we weren't even allowed to like say get Chipotle and then sit on the bench outside Chipotle. Like that was not allowed. Yeah, right. It was pretty strict. Yeah. Um, so 
Yeah. And then this year with Epson Tour Travel Again, it's very different. Like I'm going to be driving across the country for like basically all of this year versus when I was playing on LPGA. You couldn't really, you could drive to a few events if they were in a row. Um, but the but the schedule is so international, so spread out that driving a car like for to every single event isn't really feasible, which on Epson tour, it is more feasible. Like, yes, you have weeks where it really sucks because you got 15 hour drives in between. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is definitely a bit more feasible of like, okay, like there is some sort of route to get to the next event by car. Yeah. It's at least possible, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to lose this one. Do you guys want to hop out and do you got a few yeah. minutes? You can hop back in with us. Yeah. Right okay, great. Yeah, we can hop back in. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't look at who was on the top or the bottom. I never do that with you and I. I need to. Uh, I just got a peacock. Yeah. Perfect. Bryce just right, ran to the bathroom, but we can uh we can yeah, just no jump worries. right back, you know. He'll he'll, he'll hop in as uh, as we go. Right. But um yeah, so we're we're kind of fast forward right back to the Epson tour. So that's this season. Um how many events are you in now? Um in, into the season. Yeah. We're starting our fifth event next okay. week. Or I guess in yeah next week sometime yeah i think that's right so we're kind of uh mm-hmm. you know we were saying we're on a couple week break and then you can uh mm-hmm. you're gonna drive back down where's where's that one located um i'm so i did leave my car in arizona and just came back up to canada for a little bit um but yeah i'm gonna be driving the rest of the season so it'll be like a five six hour drive um up to utah from where it is it's it's right by zion national park okay. um, mm-hmm. so it's pretty close to uh the arizona border um, but then like I was mentioned before, like we have some pretty long drives in between. So it's about a 15 hour drive from, um, where it is in Utah to the next event in, in garden city in Kansas. Yeah. Bryce was on there when we were chatting with Callum and I was chatting with Lucas Noni. He, um, he's out West. I actually went and visited him. He's at bear mountain. Uh, I got to okay, play, yeah. I, I was there for like a week and got to play 14 holes. So <laughs> it was like the worst <laughs> possible weather. We talked about that on the pod already. It was, uh, it was tough. It was a really tough time, but, um, really tough flight out there, but he, uh, and his wife, they kind of like retrofit a sprinter type van. Um, and they drove mm-hmm. like, so they went down p- played a couple PJ tour, Latino America events, came back yeah. up here, kind of started on the, I guess they were out on the, the East coast, really. I think they started in PEI, kind of made their way around. So, um, 50 something wow. thousand kilometers. So he said, same thing, a lot of driving. Um, but for this year, anything, Jacqueline, that you're kind of, uh, that you're kind of really trying to dial in or you, uh, do you have any goals, anything that you want to accomplish for this season? Yeah. Um, honestly, just trying to clean up like my game, to be honest, I feel like after my injury, um, during my rookie year, like 
game just hasn't felt the same as before. And then like, I know that the same isn't always the best thing. Like you want to, there's always the possibility of being better than you were before. Mm-hmm. Um, but just some things which like haven't felt um, quite like the game that I know. And like, they are starting to come back in little bits and pieces. So it's nice to see that going on, but to really just clean up my game overall. Um, I've been working really hard on like my putting and my short game, which like has definitely helped um, this past off season. And then, Um, The swing has been a big thing just because after getting uh, my injury in rookie year, like I had to change my swing to be able to protect my wrist a little bit better in the swing um, so that it wouldn't keep on getting injured. Is it your, your lead wrist? Uh, No, it's my right wrist. Yeah. I had, I tore some ligaments in my Mm. right wrist. Yeah. It's hard to recover from that. I'm going through a little something in my elbow. Plus I'm getting a little bit older. So I've had some fluid (laughs) on the elbow for a while and it's been a long off season up here. Um, so obviously like course opens up, you know, in a couple of days when, when we're having this chat. So I'm looking forward to it now. I'll just, I don't know. I'll go play. I don't have to worry if I need to, I can just take time off if it, uh, if it bothers <laughs> me. But the most I do is, uh, when PGA tour Canada comes up here and carry the bag for some buddies, that's, uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's the extent I have <laughs> in my game. That's the kind of the peak of my game right now. You can see the bib up. Well, you can see the corner of the bib up behind me, but, uh, yeah, that's about it. That's the, uh, that's the cool part for my season. It's, uh, just getting to beat the pants up Bryce whenever we get together. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Bryce and I both have very, vol- we're going to have some good games. matches this summer. We're yeah. going to have some good matches. We play a complete different style of golf, like literally two offsets of the spectrum. Yeah, but. we we've said that though. Great scramble team, I think. We have a match with, uh, with Bob Weeks and Mark Zacchino coming up. Really, he could take anybody you want, nice. right? and I feel like Bob Weeks has uh, a good Rolodex uh, that he could probably put together somebody that we would have a tough time against. But Bri- Bryce and I <laughs> together, like Bryce hits it like you know a needle off the tee, carries it like three forty. I can hit a wedge in close and I roll it real good. Like that's my, yeah, that's I my can't game. Pot. Hey, I can't so, pot. Well, that's, that's the perfect ham and egg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, I think, uh, I think we'll make a good scramble team one day, but, uh, who knows? Who knows? We'll see. The matches just continue right now for us, but, uh, CP women's open is back just like the Canadian open is. So is, uh, mm-hmm. RBC Canadian open. Is there uh, any shot we'll see you there this year? It's at, I think it's at Ottawa hunt. Ottawa hunt. Yeah. 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 There's a possibility you'll see me there. I'm still trying to figure out what my tournament schedule is around that time, but would love to play if I could. Nice. Um, I haven't played in Canadian open in a while. Like, I mean, I played it in 2016 and then I played it, the last time that he was at Ottawa Hunt, um, I think that might have been 28. No, uh, I don't know. I don't know what year that was that it was at Ottawa Hunt um, previously. But yeah, I, uh, it's, so it's been a while and like I love playing in Canada um, because the fans are just amazing. Like it doesn't matter if like you're from like, like locally where the Canadian Open is being held. Um, if you're Canadian, they, they come out and mm-hmm. support you and they cheer so hard for you. So that's always fun. Yeah, yeah and I love that tournament. They they honestly do such a great job of like hosting that event. Um, it's one of the players' events favorite. It's one of the players' favorite event out on LGA. Um, even though it's not like a major anymore, like the girls always really enjoy it because of how well it's run. Yeah, it was 2017, I think. I just looked. Oh, uh, 17. Like, yeah, okay, gotcha. Right. And uh, I'm looking forward to going. It's I think the last week, second last weekend of August. Um, yes. So when I was chatting with Bob Weeks there a couple of weeks ago with their Masters preview, we started off with Brooke Henderson. It was during the uh, the Chevron is uh, is when we were talking uh, first round, I think. So um, just talking about like the things that she's going through with her game, 
um, some swing changes, obviously, uh, changing up the driver and stuff like that. Brooke Henderson's like, I'm a Mike Weir guy. I grew up, I'm a lefty. I kind of grew up in the Mike Weir era, but I think like, as far as a Canadian goes, like I love Corey Connors game, but I think Brooke Henderson's it. Um, I think she's the greatest Canadian golfer of all time. I think, uh, you know, so we're, we're pretty lucky. We've got some, some really good, you know, Canadian players that'll be in the field. I think, uh, it's only a few hours for for me as well to get out there and see it so mm -hmm. looking forward to to trying to get out there so hopefully you can meet you in person i know we got a few people uh and the canadian open here the men's canadian open and then obviously the rockets over by bryce there so mm -hmm. um which i was actually talking with uh bryce off topic here but billy spencer so he's sung jm's caddy he's been on the pod in the past and uh i was talking to him just uh earlier today so they uh they had a pretty good tournament uh at the Masters. Yeah. so yeah pretty good for yeah. those guys but um i wanted to ask you so this is something that uh i wrote down here jacqueline how do we get the blue check how do we get the blue check on ig i saw that uh i saw that you got it you have to have been asked this before uh i i got it through lpga yeah <laughs> that's sweet yeah. i love it <laughs> i love it bryce you think yeah, uh I, you think chad can get it through uh through the nhl uh, or something right i don't there? know how chad hasn't got it yet because i know once you're even if you just get drafted in the nhl you're supposed to get it i think because my roommate went third round to tampa and he got it like three days after the draft really? Really? so i guess they pick and choose but uh, yeah, they just literally like he just woke up one day and looked at his Instagram and he had the blue check. Like he didn't know anything about it. So I don't know. OTS is on is on the uh, on the board up there. So yeah. we'll be getting it soon. Yeah, we. Uh, I don't know. We got to get that uh, consistent like top status. We got to beat out those four play guys. So yeah, I don't know if we can ever do that. We get uh, we creep up there a little bit. So thank you everybody for the support. We get up there sometimes. It's uh it's really cool. But uh, the blue check is uh is definitely it's yeah, it's a big out. deal. It's for sure it sticks out there. Social media yeah. is a big thing. Yeah, um, totally. Jacqueline, one of the ways that I I found your page and got we got connected. We got chatting through. Um, you do some work with Cutter and Buck and, uh, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, we've kind of had some conversations. I'm going to go and visit uh, Jamie over at Cutter and Buck in the next little while. So nice. um, I'm not sure if you know her, but how do you, how do you kind of, you know, you've been able to work through some of those partnerships in your career. Like are, you know, are those some things that you're kind of open to? Like, are you able to, uh, obviously it takes like a lot to be able to fund a professional golf career. So can you share, yes. can you share kind of some of those, we don't need to know any of the details or anything, but just how you kind of go about that idea with, uh, you know, working with endorsements and stuff like that. Um, well, honestly, like endorsements are pretty hard to come by in, in women's mm -hmm. golf. Um, and like, I mean, I'm really lucky that like during rookie year, I was able to partner with RBC and Ping and Cutter and Buck. Um, and I golf Canada has still been a support since junior golf. Um, but yeah, they're really important because our expenses add up so quick mm -hmm. and without having sponsorships, like, I mean, you're just like in the red every single week when it right. comes to that. And, um, I mean, like I have friends on like the men's side who, who play professionally and I mean, there's just such a big, like disparity between the two still that it's it's really it's really hard to hear sometimes i'll be honest um because like there's women on the lpj who still don't have sponsorships half as good as like men on like Whatever european tour, tour yeah. or like um like there's some there's some lpj players who like have a hard time getting clothing clothing deals like and not even asking for money just trying to get get like clothes for the mm -hmm. season yeah um, yeah, so it's really tough um, in terms of that. 
Um, but for me, like I feel, I feel really lucky that I, I've been able to to partner up with, with Carter and Buck um, since I turned pro. And they've been such a great company, and I think that for me too, um, when I'm looking at partnering up with a company or endorsing someone, I always have to feel like I truly love the brand, and I have, to, I, I want to feel like. I truly do endorse them and I love everything about it. For example, like Ping is a great family company. Mm-hmm. Um, and like everyone who works for Ping are just through and through such great people and they treat their staff so well. Um, they're a company that like, I have no problem being like, yes, like I play Ping golf clubs and like, I don't mind having them represent me and me represent them. Um, and same with Cutter and Bach when I first met them too, I got to go to the quarters in Brampton and everyone there was just so nice I got the little tour of their of their mm-hmm. HQ and they were all just so kind um and honestly like really generous with their with their time and product so and I mean they make great clothes so <laughs> what more can you ask for they definitely do and it's funny you mentioned pink pink uh Bryce is a pink guy he's playing the you play the i210s 200s 200, older yeah a couple yeah. Couple years back, hey, I'm playing the I'm playing the I'm playing the Z seven eight fives, and it's going to take a I don't know. It's going to be hard to get those out of my bag. Yeah. When you when you find something you like, it's you know we were talking like when we were talking about, yeah we were talking with Callum and he's playing Generation One PXGs that he loves like he loves the irons right so it's it's something that if you find and yeah they're your gamers right so um, I definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I, as soon as you said ping, I, I kind of thought about all the photos that were kind of going around with uh, the founder. Mm-hmm. And as they were going through the pandemic, he was like right down building clubs, putting clubs together and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. trying to trying to get the wait times down for people, right? Because we saw like such a huge yeah. boom, right? Um, you know, we saw like such a huge boom through the pandemic and people wanted to golf. And it's it's hard to like, mm-hmm. you know, get clubs right now. It's it's tough for people. Yeah. But um one of the things you mentioned there was like how tough it is for like females in in golf and really in any, in any sport, um, just about. And one of the, uh, I guess this one will be out just after our chat with Carrie Moffitt. So she is, uh, she is the host of the still away podcast. So that's kind of the idea is, uh, you know, we're still away the the women's game. We're still away. Like, and, and that was kind mm-hmm. of what she was saying. Right. So we still have to, uh, you know, that's kind of the idea with Bryce and I, we want to connect with as many, you know, small brands. Like we were talking pioneer with AJ before go track some of those guys that are out by you. Um, you know, we've chatted with cutter and buck left behind golf. I'm looking kind of around my desk, like, you know, club up customs, all these great, like little brands that kind of do things to help us out. Um, so we can engage with the community as well as, you know, we can connect with players, pros, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, club fitters, the idea, is for us to try to connect with as many people give whatever platform we can and it's um we're so glad that people appreciate it and uh and that mm-hmm. we can kind of um and going you know, good yeah make a connection with people too right it's it's genuine and i think uh i think we can all do our part to make the game a little bit better right so um for sure that's kind of just you know one of those things that it's it's tough when you hear and it's something that um you know it's obviously a glaring concern and there's a lot that goes on in golf. It's still a pretty, uh, pretty old stuffy sport, but it's getting a, it's getting to be a little bit better, right? It's coming, it's coming around. But yeah, um, I mean, it was funny because when I was driving down from Calgary to Phoenix back in January, I was listening to a podcast I had saved, and I think it was a Golf Digest podcast. But they were talking to a Corn Ferry Tour player, and like the host and the player on the podcast are just like just talking about how sad it was that the average corn fairy tour players only making 75 K a year. And like the, how that's miles off from like what they make on PJ tour. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there in my car being like, you're, you're kidding me because yeah. 
Like, I mean, you only make 75 grand a year on, on Epson tour. If you come like top five right. on the money list of the year. Like, I think that the average, I mean, I haven't done the calculations, so don't quote me on this, <laughs> but I think that the average Epson tour player probably makes like five grand a year. Like if that, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just like that. I mean, it, it was just hard for me to listen to these guys. Like, like just like console each other about how like little that they're making on the corn ferry tour when like they also don't have entry fees and like on lpj and epson tour we have entry fees um and on i mean top of has... having to qualify mm-hmm. oh yes yeah, so like epson that. epson tour um they used to, so when it was symmetra like last year um, our entry fees were 500 dollars per event um and then epson i like i think that epson's doing a great job with being a new um tour sponsor um but so they have their their goal is by the like in the next few years to get um entry fees down to 250 and so like so far they've lowered it to 450 um and like it just like i mean like progress i mean i know it's only 50 dollars a week but like it does add up to hey, right yeah um, over the course of a year yeah. it adds up right is there an For upfront sure. fee like i know when we were talking with scott pritchard uh he's the executive director of pga tour canada you saying uh, i think each of the events were I think he said 300, but it was 2600 USD to register for the season. So do you have an upfront fee as well to, yeah, to we have, school? we have an upfront fee as well. Right. Um, and I can't remember how much that was. I think it might be just under 500 as well. Um, just to like be a member of the tour. Um, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, each event that you play, it's $500 or I guess 450 now. Um, and then the thing too is you, I mean, everyone knows like with, when it comes to golf, if you make, if you don't make the cut, you don't make money. Yeah. Um, but the thing is like, even if you are making the cut on Epson tour, like might not even make back your entry fee sometimes like right. after tax. Which so, has got to be tough too, considering all the money you have to spend with travel and hotels and food and it, it adds right. up quick. Yeah. So that's where it's just like, I mean, where you say, talk about like sponsorship, like sponsorships are so important, even though they're so hard to come by, especially like on Epson tour versus LPGA. Um, It's just because you have all these expenses and then like you start, there's a lot of girls probably just like dipping into savings um, and, and working second jobs. Yeah. And we're seeing now too, I can't remember the name of the event. Um, There's a, uh, a $3 million price pool in the LPGA and that's uh, the highest one that's been. So, you know, when you look at the player championship, I think it was $15 million, right? So there's yeah. still like a $12 million difference there. Plus you get yeah. the FedEx cup, right. that's a $15 million price pool for the winner. Right. So, right. you know, it's uh it's a significant difference and, you know, there's still a lot of disparity, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of change that needs to happen. And, and that's kind of like, you know, a bit of the conversation that we we're having with Carrie. It's, um, you know, again, trying to do our, our part and having that conversation and kind of bring more light to it. And, and you know, the idea of the still away podcast is that right. So, mm-hmm. um, still a lot of things that we can fix a lot of things, even from like junior rankings and stuff like that too. Right. Making golf more for accessible sure. for people, like for anyone, like juniors playing, yeah. you know, paying, having to pay 30, 40, $50 for a round of golf is a lot of money. Right? Expensive. So it, it is. It's yeah, a hard sport sure. to get into and it's hard to kind of build the great game and grow it that way too. Right. So there's so yeah. many, uh, so many good initiatives, but there's always, uh, you know, there's always some difficult parts too. Right. But for sure. I mean, there's always, there's always room for improvement, but we still have come a long way than like where we were than like five, 10 years yeah, ago. So, sure. I mean, we're like grateful for that progress, but we, yeah, we definitely still have a, have a bit of 
Some ways to go. <laughs> so anybody who might be listening to this right now, Jacqueline, it's a great segue that might uh, want to come over and support or want to want to get in touch with you or even just follow your career. Uh, what's the uh, what's the easiest way to what's uh, you mind sharing the uh, social handles if, if possible? Yeah, um, both on Twitter and Instagram. It is my name, Jacqueline Lee 57. Um, yeah, so that, and that's basically it. I am a bit more active on, on Instagram than I am on Twitter um so yeah those are kind of my two socials perfect we will uh you know if you're listening to the you know say it every, each time if you're listening on the podcast or uh if you're in the car or watching us on youtube just go down we'll link those below and uh everybody can kind of check it out and hopefully uh hopefully we see you up here in ottawa in uh august jack yeah. if you do i'll come over i'll introduce myself uh i kind of stand out in a crowd with this big old beard but i'll uh i'll come <laughs> find you i'll come find you and say hello um but yeah thank you so much for taking your time i really appreciate you coming on and kind of sharing uh, sharing your career that was cool it's it really nice to hear like the college route bryce and i uh yeah. you know sometimes we don't we don't get into it a lot so i find that uh it's definitely a fascinating you know avenue to kind of go through and and obviously it uh it worked out really well for you so all the best to you jacqueline yeah. thank you so much for coming thank you it. no thank you for having me i appreciate that is out in my ball and of course when I tee up I lose the ball and I re-up I miss the fairway, I probably end up in the ocean Or maybe the beach and I'm on a par 5 And I'm finna go reach it Second was blind, I see it Feel like it might be an average I was working scenario